This is Empowered Human Academy. Welcome home. We're here to create a life that feels like ours, one that calls us onward and upward because we are living as ourselves, fully and only. I'm Isaac. And I'm Abe. These conversations are where we explore what it means to be alive and how to stay close to that aliveness with every breath. So, with hearts wide open, let's begin. Hello, beautiful humans, and welcome back. We're really happy to have you here sharing this time and energy with us. Today's guest is the intuitive, the powerful Antonia Kofelt. We first met Antonia in Chicago a few years ago, and the soul kindredness felt electric from the start. With a master's in communication from Northwestern University and a passion for human truth, Antonia engages her work as a host, creative director, and founder from a place of inner expansiveness. Through her practice as an experiential marketing and communications consultant, Antonia guides teams to successfully actualize their ideas. And as a C-suite advisor, thought leader, interviewer, and market researcher, Antonia helps enable clients to actually feel the data and articulate their experiences through insightful, intuitive, and empathetic conversations. Antonia also shares her presence and perspective in her role as the Director of Engagement for UN Women Chicago. Throughout this conversation, we discuss developing tools to navigate reality, discovering your purpose in the human ecosystem, finding play through adventure, spotting aligning intersections in your network, and building intuition within moments of neutrality. Life in lockstep with serendipity is the tagline of Antonia's company, on a personal note, and that's exactly what being in Antonia's orbit feels like. The way she's distilled her life experiences resonates so deeply with me. Antonia is a heart expander simply by being herself, and we're so grateful for how she showed up in her full radiance here. So let's get into it. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to Empowered Human Academy. Today, we are joined by a a very special, effervescent person, Antonia Kofelt. We met a few years ago at a brainstorming session for a mutual friend of ours, and we have crossed paths in many different events and uh, experiences in Chicago, and we're just so excited to have you today on our podcast. How's it going, Antonia? What is up? How are you doing? What's on your mind? I'm feeling really, really good. I, I will share that my therapist asked me that same question this morning, and I told her that I was feeling empowered and embodied and calm. Um, so I'm feeling on brand, considering this is Empowered Human Academy. I am feeling already on brand. <laughs> and speaking of on brand, I just want to let the listeners know real quick, this is like our sixth take today i think that the universe is like feeling all the power that this conversation is going to be because we've had to like stop this conversation six times um because of technical issues and that's just like the reality of life sometimes and i think it's really important to to honor that because that's what happens sometimes and we're just rolling with the punches so thank you for your patience let's get into this conversation isaac take it away Um, We begin the way that we always do by talking about identity. And I want to tie that into what you just said by saying that, like, maybe identity doesn't change through circumstances, but maybe it does as part of the inquiry. So we begin by asking about your identity, the way the words that you choose for yourself that feel like home, not necessarily the words that you use when like introducing yourself at a networking event, though there may be overlap. It might it may or may not have anything to do with your roles in life. Um, but when it's just you and you're not being anything for anyone, um, when it's just you, what words of identity feel like they fit the most? The reason why I can tap into these so 
quickly and share them so quickly is because of experiences via my education and and any type of tool and resource that talks about personal emotional inquiry and so um complex insightful intuitive empathetic would be the four feelings that when i walk in my house that allows for me to have that deep breath and feel whole hmm. uh, you were not kidding you do have quick access to that um <laughs> the like those words feel uh i mean complex not to be redundant but i feel i feel um like a i don't know complex intuitive empathic insightful there's I, I, when I when I when I when I personally hold those words, I feel the like the kind of richness that people describe when they're talking about like the subtleties in espresso or wine or something like that. Like the I don't know. There's for me, and I'm going to stop talking in a second because this is not the Isaac Show. Um, mm-hmm. To me, these words feel like there's a lot of really detailed and and moving aliveness. Um, how how did these words? Um, how did you develop your relationship with these? Like, how did you come to say, cool, there's there's a lot here. This is who I am. How did you arrive at this sense of, of identity? Yeah, I can say it's taken a lot of work to get here. Yeah. <laughs> um, some has been internal and, and is just part of my natural makeup. I think it's going to be helpful. I, I love all of the different tools that are available for personality. And um, so I, I think it'll be helpful to ground in Myers-Briggs for me is INFJ slash INTJ. I'm equal on those two. Um, so depending on which what the situation requires, I can mm-hmm. easily get into my T, but by by nature, I'm an F. I am also, when we did that brainstorming session, I had just, my homework for that was to take an Enneagram. And so I think I remember showing you guys like, here's my results. And like, mm-hmm. I, I was equal three wing two and four with a lot of balance throughout, um, which I think was helpful in the brainstorm in terms of kind of connecting dots. If you're, if, if you use astrology as a tool, I'm, I'm a Scorpio sun, Scorpio rising, Taurus moon. <laughs> um, so what I love about all of those tools is not that I have to go and, and think about like, oh, you know, this is, this is exactly what, uh, you know, use those as labels and then hide behind them. It just helps mm-hmm. to inform and that all of them are consistent in some way helps me. Mm-hmm. Um, and so th- those are tools and resources. Therapy has been a, a, a life send for me mm-hmm. um, over the last five years. I was I was always comfortable with therapy, and and I'll share more of the details um, and offline and and in other things and works mm-hmm. that I do. But I think it's also I, not only was I inherently born this way in conversations with my mom as I explore my project, but um, my mother also had mental health issues. And Mm. so her at the time growing up, it was considered multiple personalities. Now it's Mm. disassociative identity. Um, So I I was always in 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 an observer mode um, and and finding those little subtleties and then understanding how I needed to relate with this person and that person and this Mm -hmm. person. Um, And then my grounding force in growing up was also my grandparents. And so I have this really multi-generational um, upbringing that mm-hmm. has enabled me to 
do a lot of the hard internal work on my mm-hmm. own and, and feel comfortable processing. I was surrounded by books, so I used books and films to help me make sense of, okay, um, I connect with Matilda in this way. What is what is it that I'm actually connecting with her on? You know, yeah. Or if it's somebody who's so not like me, like why is it that I am... I, I have a deep affinity for some villains mm-hmm. and because I understand them and yet I can hold space for them and know that, you know, they must be defeated. And so mm-hmm. I think I think that complexity and, and, and the way that you were saying that those kind of sound like a label to something, I think it kind of personifies all of the tools and resources that I use to help find this way to wholeness. If that yeah. makes sense, it, it does. It does. It. It. What I'm. What I'm hearing, like with the with the litany of of tools and and things that have informed you. Well, what I'm what I'm hearing is that you are, um, like connected to many sources of information all at once. Does that mm-hmm. does that feel right? Absolutely, constantly, okay. constantly. And so I think when I walk home, when I walk in the door and I'm home, mm-hmm. I I don't have any additional information to sort, mm-hmm. other than processing what I experienced that day for me mm-hmm. and enabling that to make sense for me. Yeah, um, yeah. I've had many different elements of my, of my journey and some of that dabbled into specific religions. Um, mm. and, and now I, I do not personally see a need to inform the, uh, order of chaos. <laughs> I just know that I react to them. And I embrace the mystery of it without having to say, oh, you know, enter, insert deity to here. Sure, sure, sure. Um, and so I wonder if, you know, that is another element that kind of when I'm in that place of wholeness, I'm in that place of awe and processing and, and, yeah. and integrating those mm-hmm. experiences into my life, which informs the empathy um that informs whenever i come across so many diverse individuals um and it served me well in my professional life in terms of being able to know how to elicit genuine heartfelt feelings mm. <laughs> i mean one example the, the other day i was working with um a client, but also a member of my network. And she had two different options. And for her, it was easy for me to step into my feeling hat. And mm. so I was like, they both look great. With the white background, I feel open and approachable and excited. Mm. With the dark background, I feel formal and staid and mm. mysterious. And so do with that what you will and choose whichever feels which you want your audience to elicit the most. Mm -hmm. Um, And so when it comes to event creation, when it comes to developing communication strategies, it has been really easy for me to at least be able to, to, to instantaneously have at minimum six different perspectives and how that can be able to help. I could, how, how that'll hit those different, kind of Mm -hmm. archetypes um, in a way that is going to be empathic to them. (sighs) My brain is on fire right now. I'm really excited about all of this. Um, It's okay. Okay. So I have lots of questions. Um, The first one I think is 
how do I want to say this? So it sounds okay. Let's return to something you said. There, no need to inform the order of chaos. Let's let's start there. It sounds like that's language that um, maybe maybe you've used before. Like, what is the order of chaos to you, and yeah. what does that have to do with life? Like, what's your relationship to that? What does it mean, and how do you relate to it? Yeah, it's it's been interesting for me. One of the um, major life lessons of COVID was. We're seeing how so many people were feeling unanchored, unmoored, because mm-hmm. there wasn't a place to put, like, did did insert deity here cause this? Or did I do mm-hmm. something bad? Or and and what was interesting for me during that time was how much how much I've had my own personal pandemic slash 9-11s. And so I had a tool set that enabled me to to do really well, um, mm-hmm. the first part of it. And then once George Floyd happened, it was it was me having to do, um, I, I think I heard Sally Krawcheck from Elvis say, like, I had to do an excavation. But mm-hmm. um, it, it, it was me putting words to, well, the tagline of my, my company on a personal note is life in lockstep with serendipity. Mm-hmm. And I recognize that I had had so many different random chance experiences. Mm-hmm. And in one lens, I could say that, okay, this was this was directed by a greater entity and, mm-hmm. and therefore um, this is how I respond to it. Mm-hmm. Um, and yet my personal human capacity <laughs> still didn't do justice to what this entity mm. should be able to do and, and 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 the complexities of of what an entity um i shouldn't be able to understand all of that mystery yeah, yeah. and so because of that and sitting in the space of huh okay so what am i comfortable with i'm comfortable with yeah. ambiguity I know that at least for the next X million of years that the sun is going to rise mm-hmm. and set, the moon exists, all systems have nature and expand and contrast, that mm-hmm. I can I can set that and, and feel trust in that and not have to have that be informed by this was created or this was totally mm-hmm. by chance. And, and not only was it totally by chance, but it was caused by something that mm-hmm. I could just let that sit. And that be. I can just let it be and that mm-hmm. I will, I, re- I still am human. So I do recognize patterns and, and I still mm-hmm. want to inform the experiences of those chances and the experience, mm-hmm. how I interpret that. But I don't have to have it inform the greater of why it happened. I can sit with why well, and let and, that just be. And do you think that your kind of Enneagram 3-ness or, or kind of um, intuitiveness um, allows you to then just like hold it for what it is and then do something kind of with it, not necessarily having to solve it. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely, it's interesting. I, that was a process to unlearn is solving, solving mm-hmm. it. Um, mm-hmm. This is, you know, I'm, I'm 38, I'll be 39 November 1st. And so this is, you know, 39 years of, of this. I wouldn't expect, you know, to have somebody who you know just discovered that wait i Mm. how do i feel today like Mm. this is this is a process 
this yeah, to yeah, get yeah. here. Yeah. Totally. And I hope, and, I, and I'm excited as I continue to grow where this deepens into and to just kind of follow, follow that. And mm-hmm. as long as I follow it, but I still, I'm my, I'm the anchor, I'm the compass. Mm-hmm. And so is science in the universe for me. <laughs> and mm-hmm. so, and mm-hmm. then I can, I can be able to um, navigate those awe inducing mysterious outside unexplainable magic if you mm-hmm. will that happens mm-hmm. totally i love that i don't know how to say the thing that i want to communicate so i'm going to start throwing some words on the table and we'll see what happens okay. Okay. um the the way that i'm uh what i'm hearing in the way that you describe the different things that you perceive um from like systems of, of personality and behavior to like what you're saying about what you're saying about the chaos and what you're saying about like stepping stepping through life. I'm hearing like um I'm hearing a movement through life without trying to control it, um, while also a desire to not overdefine the situation and recognize the limitations of the human experience. Is that accurate so far? Would you change anything about that? I wouldn't change anything. I think that's okay. a great synopsis. So, okay, so given given that, the question that I have is something like, um, who, uh, <laughs> maybe it's like, what, what do you, it could be like, what do you have to, like, what, what is, what is within you to add to the world? If you're, if you're engaged in the work of navigating life and, and moving through those currents without trying to alter them, what does it mean? Like, what is, what is within you that you then add to life as it's moving around you? That could be the question, or maybe it's um, if you're if you're working to perceive what's true about the world moving around you um, with respect to your human experience. What are what do you perceive about your own human experience, and how do those two relate? Okay, um, I, I'm explaining this like not perfectly, but but it's it's what I'm trying to get at is that like you perceive so much. Um, and in so many ways through so many senses. Um, and because I'm hearing you, uh, sort of, um, sort of like yield to relate the reality of what's moving around you. I'm also curious about the reality within you and how that interacts with what is without. So the, okay, the, okay. the movement between the aliveness within and the aliveness without, I guess that's, that's the yeah, line that I'm interested I in. I like it. I like it. Okay. So, um, I think the mental picture that I got when you talked about the, how the world moves around me, I think mm-hmm. will be a great way to illustrate my answer to your question. Okay. I think of it as an atom, right? So okay. in the, at the center is my core nucle- nuclei, right? Mm-hmm. And then you have something that's going this way and then something that's going mm-hmm. this way. And then for me, there's a lot of different processes that that are happening um and each of those atoms are able to kind of send data back to the nucleus okay if that if that makes sense so i don't have to necessarily grab for that i'm i'm getting the data from it as it's making whatever orbit that it is yeah yeah um and so then I think if we pull back where my life's purpose is mm-hmm. a connector, mm-hmm. um, I am okay. within, within networks. So, um, in grad school, my last class that I didn't, um, totally 
get in the moment, but that has just absolutely um, really defined a huge part of where I, I recognize and undermine, understand my purpose within mm-hmm. the human ecosystem is being mm-hmm. the connector. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it was a, a course called Leveraging Your Networks. And it was taught by a professor named Nashir Contractor, who um, was responsible for pulling together teams for space stations and, and cool. being able to do um, use communication and science to understand how to do best succession plans. It was amazing. Mm-hmm. And so what I was able to discover during those courses is that I have a lot of different people in all of these different and that live at all of these different intersections that I actually am able to connect with over our shared affinities for art or science or just there, there's that moment where it's like, mm-hmm, yes, we we're, we're kindreds in this interesting way. Yeah. Um, and so what I'm not afraid to do because I'm connecting dots, it's hmm, this person needs to meet this person or mm-hmm. it's this is how um, you are going to want to connect with your audience you have to you know think about i'm thinking you know if, it, if it's something that's for um actuarial scientists mm-hmm. then let me think through um all of the varieties of of actuarial science scientists that mm-hmm. that may step into that room and yeah, yeah. how can how can we level set and ground them so that yeah. the information that they're hearing they are also are taking that to heart Mm-hmm. And so I would say that I'm I'm the center of a network mm-hmm. as a connector. Mm-hmm. Um, and while I'm getting data from all the atoms that are around me, I'm also mm-hmm. being able to connect with other people's atoms mm-hmm. as they're their own mm-hmm. universe, if you will, and they're their sure, own sure. atom. Well, and then yeah. being able to quickly see where certain puzzle pieces can fit in. Yeah, mm-hmm. beautiful. Does that, that makes sense. Thank you. Um, also, thank you for your patience while I fumbled with the question. And also mm-hmm. that answer is glorious. Mm-hmm. Um, is the is the way that you go about reasoning around what you sense out there in the world and the connections to be had, is that similar to the way that you work with your own internals? Like, do you, do you sense the things moving within you and, and intuit the connections that could arise? Like, is that similar? Or is that a different process when you're talking, when you're thinking about yourself and what's happening within? Oh no, it's, it's happening in the same exact way. So let's go back to like, oh, I walked in my house and I get to be complex and insightful and, and intuitive and empathetic. And I don't have other competing atoms mm-hmm. that I need to be yeah. thinking about. I'm now taking yeah, yeah. the time to integrate and mm-hmm. to touch in touch base Mm. and reach out specifically now to those individuals and like okay and then i'm able to kind of this was a lot and then it's like hmm okay like Mm -hmm. it's it's very much kind of here Hmm. um is the is the hand movement i would describe there um and it's interesting because it you know my love of of film and my reference points. So, you know, having, having grandparents be primary caregivers, um, Mm -hmm. and then being able to be around their friends while they're having conversations and I'm observing and I'm pulling in all of this, this data. So there was a lot of elements of my life that, you know, we go to Maslow's hierarchy, Mm -hmm. (laughs) um, which, you know, the originator is highly problematic, but it, it's a nice tool <laughs> um, sure. to to use. I, I it wasn't until I was solidly 
in my mid twenties and that mm-hmm. I actually felt my age. Mm-hmm. I always felt mm-hmm. like I was 20. Yeah. <laughs> and my mom yeah. tells a story where she was talking with a friend and that friend had been watching me that day and I was nine years old mm-hmm. and um, my finger got caught in the door. And so the friend is relaying to my mother how my finger got caught in the door and um, that I didn't scream and I didn't cry. I was just, excuse me, my finger's in the door. And this was like, Mm. so it was slammed in the door and it left a pretty deep scar for a really long time. And when my mom retells that story, I'm like, that's weird. That's a weird kid. Like that feels mm-hmm. very shining and like horror movie kind of thing. <laughs> like, excuse me, but my finger's stuck in the door. Mm-hmm. Um, um, but I think it kind of indicates like the thought process of a kid who has really always been thinking like this. Yeah. yeah, um, yeah. That, okay. Yes. I feel pain. Yeah. And yes, I could scream. I recognize that that is available to me. Um, <laughs> but I need, I, need to, I need to indicate to this adult that I'm not totally comfortable feeling vulnerable with to scream and cry totally. that my finger is stuck in the door. Yeah. Um, and so <laughs> these were micro calculations that were happening in the moment. But I think totally. that kind of lets, is like my character arc. Is that gorgeous? Makes sense? I mean, yeah. totally. like, for sure, for <laughs> you sure, know, for sure, for sure. Antonia, uh, you know, I'm I'm delighted in Isaac's like enthusiasm because he's just so like excited here. Um, and and I and I'm equally as excited. I haven't talked that much because so far because Isaac has so many questions and I'm loving it. But here's here's why I I would have asked the question probably like ten minutes ago. But here's why I haven't is because I feel like. You're one of the first people on our podcast that like you are speaking my my language and like I very much like understand a lot of the the connector, the Enneagram three, the like really percept like perceptive, really intu- in- intuitive. Um, and it's just it's so beautiful to like, I don't know, I'm just going to take a moment to uh, recognize and acknowledge that like it's really cool to feel that that connection and wavelength like that you're just so kind of, i'm you mirroring know? for you you it's just like and, and you're yeah, like wow and it's just i like, do holy, like this is honestly the reason why i probably ha- haven't asked a question because i'm like <laughs> holy shit i definitely know what she's talking about in all the ways and it's so beautiful so i have a couple questions like based on okay. my similar experience we don't have the same experience of okay. course because every every mm-hmm. um experience is different but to let's just start with really personal if you don't if you don't mind us going there we can talk to how however level of comfort you want okay for me the reason why i became so intuitive growing up was kind of based on survival because i was a latino gay boy in the closet in the church and i think a lot of threes have this kind of like way of survival back in the day because of different whatever were there any factors that kind of played in your experience, do you think that there are any factors that played into your, was it a need to be aware? Was it a need to be intuitive? Because in order to like, for me, it was like, if I didn't, if I didn't 
um, understand the landscape of my of my school. And I because I knew that if I didn't get into honors classes, I would not get into the college that I want to. No one told me that. But I, I was kind of aware that if I didn't advocate for myself when I was 14 years old to be in an honors class, like who does that? My parents were going to do that. Yeah. Um, that I wouldn't. So like, w- were there any kind of situations or context where you feel like you had yeah. to do that? Or maybe not. I'm just curious yeah. as another fellow three. No, I I think that basically it's the hero's journey. So mm-hmm. my, my environment was the survival mechanism, not only of a parent who is cycling through mm-hmm. various um personalities and like to the extent like facial facial movements would change cadence and talk would change so i'm it's almost like i'm sure there might be listeners who um had a parent who might have had substance abuse or you know being very hyper vigilant but then for me it was being hyper vigilant times seven so it was a lot of that. And there was certain personalities as well that where I was the parentified child, too. So mm-hmm. I also one of my deepest hurts. Um, I remember a friend of mine, a friend of my mother's coming to the house. I was maybe eight and they went to the refrigerator and all that was in there was peanut butter and two bottles of Arrowhead water because we were in Los Angeles. And when they opened it and they looked at it, they tell my mother, oh, this looks like a dead person's refrigerator. Mm. And I took that immediately as I'm doing the best I can. Like Mm -hmm. this, this is, this is what I knew to be able to get Mm. (laughs) for us kind of a thing. And so that like to be able to, to, to share that story and and know that that scab is, is come over um, because Mm. it was, maybe up until two years ago, I couldn't tell that story without crying because it's still Mm -hmm. kind of, Mm -hmm. so I was definitely in, in survival mode. Um, and not only survival mode for myself, but then survival mode for someone who would often be dependent upon Mm -hmm. me at a really Mm -hmm. young age. And so I think Mm -hmm. my grandparents were my respite. My -hmm. grandparents were the ones that allowed for me to be a kid um as much as i possibly could um and so if i'm you know watching stage door or king and i these not only were escapes for me but they were also additional models Mm -hmm. for how to overcome or be little signposts to say you'll get through this or hey you know that that really mean teacher um Mm -hmm. do we classify this as as a um villain that is there to help you as a villain who is empty as a villain. Mm -hmm. And then like, and so those were all kind of like training tools too. Um, and so, yeah, I definitely think that it was born out of a survival mechanism and then honed Mm. (laughs) and then honed out of a survival mechanism. Hey friends, if you've been resonating with the energy here and feel open to exploring what it means for you to be connected to your own aliveness, then we'd love for you to apply to be a guest on Empowered Human Academy. Simply head over to eha.party, fill out a quick form, and then we'll be in touch if it feels lining. Or if someone else comes to mind that you'd love to hear on the podcast, send us your ideas. We truly would love to hear them. Again, just go to eha.party, fill out the form, and we'll keep on exploring together. Now, back to the conversation. Even since I think the first conversation that we had at 
um, our friend, our mutual friend's house, um, we were talking about, you were like, I'm just very aware of like different contexts. And you were able to bring that awareness into that brainstorm session. And I was like, okay, she's, she's so smart. She's, she's so like, I, I can connect with her on that level internally, at least. Um, and what I've loved about you is that you have, in, in my perception, at least like turn that into like something so grand, like the hero's journey that you're talking about. Like you are, you are your own hero and you are moving through that. Um, through that journey for yourself in such a powerful way. And it's really palpable. Um, and that's why I'm excited to be talking to you. So I just want to acknowledge that because I need to say that because I don't think a lot of people understand, like a lot of threes that I've met, Enneagram threes that I've met, like it came from somewhere where they were trying to like, they had to be aware when they were young. Um, so I have two questions. One is, one is, you know, you were saying when you were younger, you, you hurt your hand and you like eloquently said like, oh, I have my hand is stuck or whatever. Um, have you, have you experienced or experimented with play later in your life in a way that you didn't when you were younger? And what did that look like? Absolutely. Absolutely. Oh my goodness. So I wanted to quickly go back to hero's journey. And then, um, in that when I launched my, my company and I revealed it to, 30, what wound up being 37 people. There were 99 people that I like with an extreme prejudice was like, who am I, who's in my network that I know is going to, 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 to really be ready for not only, yeah, this honor, but, but to be ready for what I'm ready to do. Um, and then there were 37 people on the call. And that is what I shared with them that when I looked across the friend group, these, the people who have been invited were people who have at least com- completed one legitimate hero's journey and that who I watch make the choice to do it over and over mm-hmm. and over and over again. Even when they know this isn't going to be fun or, you know, I'm in the meeting with the goddess right now and I just need to be a hermit or whatever, but you're doing it. And that is, I wonder how in terms of, you know, they say building your tribe, building your tribe, but how you can trust when you have built out this network, Mm -hmm. where the alignment is and how you can be able to make a snap judgment of like, no, this person, I don't need to know their specific pain, but I know they have made it through the pain. Like they Mm -hmm. have, they've, they have come into that whole other world. And, Mm -hmm. um, to, to answer your question, um, specifically in terms of, um, like you said, other, how other people process this. Um, I guess I, maybe I forgot the part of your question. No, no, the, the, <laughs> um, the, um, the, how, how have, what's your relationship been to play oh, as oh, you go yes, on your hero's yes. journey? You know, if you didn't yes. have that as much. Thank growing you. Up. Yeah, yeah. Yes. So out of that, um, another person that we met at a, that I met, you might've met him too, but he was, he was at an, another human, um, focused event. Um, he did something called bricks and brands where he uses Legos to help uncover, um, a lot of those blocks through play. Mm -hmm. And so I have been able to develop people in my network who pull me out of that, whether they specifically say that to me or not, Mm -hmm. like, Hey, you need play. Um, the other day, my friend Daniel was like, Hey, there's this movie, it's going to be on such and such a day. Maybe that'll help pull you out of reality. So sometimes they, they specifically say it, but other times it's, 
having those members of your network that invite you to stuff that are much more creative and and artistic. And I think I'm I'm I say that I'm not an artist in the sense of I put paintbrush to canvas or mm. that I sing or anything like that. My how I see myself as an artist is by being the observer and I take that mm-hmm. role very seriously. Yeah. And so it's when I'm finding opportunities for adventure, when it's like, ooh, this event looks really neat. And I wonder who who who's my adventure buddy for this? And so mm-hmm. um just a few weeks ago, I um was filming a segment that was about um, adventure. And I had serendipitously met somebody in my laundry room that was wearing a t-shirt that I commented Mm -hmm. on. Then she tells me about this specific event. And it's this like goth industrial punk rock 10 at 10 PM to 5 AM kind of an event. And I was like, let me go through my Rolodex. Oh, this is the person who would love to go with me and let's actually make a thing of it. And like, Ooh, Mm -hmm. I know somebody in my network who is a a makeup artist. And like, then I went on Pinterest and I'm like, okay, what is my mood? I'm, I'm, I'm feeling very like, Aeon flux slash, (laughs) slash like, Mar- Marlena Dietrich, like, you know, that kind of I'm thing. Sorry. I want to smolder. Mm-hmm. I want to, you know, that kind of mm-hmm. a thing. And, and so it's, um, it, it's me finding play through adventure. It's me being able to discover someone who feels like what they do is really small or they're never going to be discovered mm-hmm. that like, mm-hmm. no, I see you and you yeah. did something incredible and, mm-hmm. and to hype that. Cause that, that, that can be really playful and, and, and your energy can be really playful in that. I've seen, I, I've, we ran into each other randomly in Chicago in May and we were just like, oh, what's going on? I think that there's opportunities for play, play, even in those small moments, which is great. I have a question about, did you have something to say real quick? Just real fast. Um, uh, what I'm hearing here, it seems like, I don't know, you seem like a manifestation of the universe yourself. Like, I feel like the universe mm-hmm. just like does this, like connects factors and agents and people and environments and situations. Mm-hmm. Um, and to hear you, uh, like, uh, there's a word elucidate the, to hear you talk, like to hear you articulate that process as something that you're intrinsically motivated to carry out, um, is extremely freaking cool. I've been, thank you. I've been really interested in this pair, like this connection. You, you're what's, what's your new company called again? On a personal note. On a personal. And the tagline is life in lockstep with serendipity. Okay. So how is your intuition? Or can, can you share with the listeners with the connection between intuition and moments of serendipity? Intuition especially if you treat it as a as a muscle and you mm-hmm. keep using it mm-hmm. it will i think help you get comfortable with not having to make decisions when you're faced with neutrality so i learned and tapped into my intuition when it came time to see a therapist for for crisis you know for, mm-hmm. and then ultimately that's converted into life coaching and other things but it was something that i had been ignoring like my, my everything inside of me was telling me one thing and then it was like but you know my programming my upbringing traumas are all informing it and so things that i started doing really early was like trusting if it's neutral and I, i'm just taking a walk do i go left right or straight and then left 
Hmm. Okay, let's see what happens to go left, like Mm -hmm. moments of neutrality. And what would Mm -hmm. interestingly happen in being like, oh, no, go straight here. Hmm. Let's stop here and look at that flower or "Hmm, what is that bird doing? Or just take a moment to just breathe or see that car. And then Mm -hmm. you wind up finding, hey, I never noticed that little store there. You go into that little store and you wind up making an amazing connection with the proprietor and you have this long conversation and it's like, man, like if I hadn't gone left or straight or right there, this wouldn't have happened. And so I feel like for me, it became very addicting. And maybe this goes back to your question of play, me Mm -hmm. not having to be, be, being, finding myself in a safe enough environment where (laughs) mentally, emotionally, psychologically, where my inner child could trust me that like, Mm -hmm. I'm not trying to take you into danger mm-hmm. and that kind of builds it. And then ultimately it's, it's like, it gets so fast to where it's just right left and you you're uncomfortable with whatever happens on, on the other end of it. Um, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And so it's me not only showcasing for other people, the menagerie of people, places, and things that I've serendipitously encountered and Mm -hmm. look at this amazing roster of people. Mm -hmm. Um, It's like my own personal Sesame Street in the midst of all other horrific Mm -hmm. things um, (laughs) that other people can feel energized and exhilarated to Mm -hmm. kind of build their own and feel safe enough to build their own and then Mm -hmm. trust immediately that no, I, I being able to take a moment to to pull back and be like, I've developed a solid network. And mm-hmm. and these are all people that I that I've that I trust because I trust myself and they've mm-hmm. I've given them the time to give me more indicators is, you know, oh, okay, yeah. yep. Mm-hmm. Check they, they can I can trust that. I can trust that. And that they don't even know that they're doing and I'm not specifically testing them. But mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um and then that enables you to trust when you find yourself in like, who would have thought that I would have run into mm-hmm. X, Y, Z on the streets of London? Like, what? Mm-hmm. How? Totally. What? And it's being comfortable because it's like, yeah, I decided to take a spur of the moment trip. Well, I decided to go take a walk. Like, and and knowing that that is, that's just a, for me, I would just inform that as another signpost of, of serendipity. Mm-hmm. And I, I love what you said about it being a muscle that you practice. And the more fun you, like, it's Cause it's fun. Like there are things that the things that come out of that intuition and that choosing and that muscle building is actually really fun. And it's kind of, I find it kind of addicting too. Like how can life, life in that flow is a lot more interesting than life out of that flow, in my opinion. So it seems yeah. like, I, I don't know. I, that's what I get when I'm hearing from, when I'm hearing you're like London and I'm walking in London. And yeah. so as a friend who I randomly met three years ago at a coffee shop, because I decided to say yes. Mm-hmm. And I think that's, and not, and I, I think just a quick, a quick question, like not every seren- moment of serendipity equals like new friends or whatever, but like mm-hmm. o- overall, over the course of your life, there have been, you know, eight or, or nine, 10 or eight or nine yeses for one no, or kind of thing, exactly. because people want to play, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. 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 And the, like being able to be like, wow, like if I hadn't taken my walk at this point, then I wouldn't have seen those seven geese fly really low across the street. Mm-hmm. One of, one of my, um, movies that my grandmother absolutely loved and introduced me to um is is sound of music and Mm. there is a scene in that movie 
where in the background there are like four or five swans that are mm. that are flying as the as the main characters are having a conversation mm. and every time that i see that scene it's like that is serendipity. You cannot, the director could not know that those swans were going to mm. go at that particular time. And the editor could not have known that mm. that was going to be the cut that is going to yeah. make it into the film. And so mm. sometimes it's just noticing that like those geese didn't, weren't aware that I was going to be watching them, but I'm, mm. I inform the moment of being on that walk at that moment as like, mm -hmm. oh, that's really, really neat that I got to see that. So it can also mm -hmm. be really, really small. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. What does it, what does it feel like to um, claim? Well, no. Okay. The question I want to actually ask is like, what does it feel like to make a, make the bet of like, this is a real enough thing that I can include this in the definition of my business. Mm -hmm. What does it feel like to like show up to a world that so often is looking for like guarantees of specific results mm -hmm. to show up to that world and name serendipity as a factor that you are betting on. Um, that mm -hmm. might not be the right verb to use. So please substitute a different one if you like. Uh, no, I like, like? I like it. I like it. It feels like a through line. It Ooh. feels like if everyone is the hero of their own journey, they are going and, and and that they're going to have gone through dark nights of the soul and then they're mm -hmm. going to have gone through, uh, come out the other side and have the meeting with the goddess and all of mm -hmm. that on those those touch points in everyone's life that's like, man, like, and I got out of that car wreck completely unscathed or, mm -hmm. you know, there's these moments that everyone I think can connect to that it's that, that whether they inform that through a specific belief system or religion, yeah. they can still, they know that experience. That is a human experience. Yeah, yeah. Um, and what, I, and, I'm, and I'm betting on the fact that that's a human experience. And I'm mm -hmm. betting on the fact that this is something that regardless of if you call it a blessing if you mm -hmm. call it mm -hmm. magic if you call it manifestation if you mm -hmm. call whatever you call it mm -hmm. we know that that is a little something special that's a that's a that's that's something with a little couple little tiny twinkly stars around it that's yeah. like hmm, okay all right it's um, so universal and it feels so good yeah, yeah. and it feels mm -hmm. so so good and from a science perspective i think um there's um a, an author that someone has shared with me that I need to read the book, but it, his name is Sean B. Carroll. And he he's talking about apparently in this book about how like the chances of the universe, like mm. to even come into existence, if it was yeah, 30 yeah. minutes before or 30 minutes later, like none of us would be here. And like mm. how many trillion, if not infinite, number of ways for us physically to be Antonia and Abe and Isaac that mm -hmm. needed to happen for us, for this specific flesh and blood element of us to be here. Mm -hmm. um, and so I think it's something that it crosses imposed programming barriers and systems yeah. that everyone can be able to to connect to and 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 also be a part of someone else's serendipity i mean mm -hmm. if if you don't wind up hitting the the 
um, open door button for somebody. Who knows? Like, maybe they were supposed to wait for the next one. Maybe that's going to lead them to some other element. Or if you had made it, like, maybe that would have gotten you upstairs for something that you didn't want to be a part of. And so it's almost like the who knows and being okay with, like, delays or things that you Mm -hmm. didn't get to do without being like, I'm such a horrible, unkind person because I didn't want to press it. Or I'm such a horrible and unkind person because I I didn't want to in that moment reach for my wallet and pull out my my money to to give to this person in need. Um, whereas there's other times where you do have that time. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. it's just kind of it's I think there's might be even something here with grace, Isaac. Yeah, I, I mean, Abe, we 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 were dealing with grace, I think, on the same day when I was looking at your socials. And so maybe there's mm-hmm. some element of grace here that's involved that is an unexpected turn i was mm-hmm. not anticipating a discussion of serendipity to res- like to land here on like maybe this is an avenue towards towards grace or like they're like the like just loosen your shoulders and for like it, it's it's not someone else's experience is not riding on you like something is coming for them also regardless of what is yours to do in the moment that's super interesting well and then not every I mean, we were talking about it way in the beginning of our conversation, like not every problem needs to be solved and just holding, you're like, the sun, the universe is here, the sun is going to be shining, like I don't need to solve that problem and just hold it with open hands and then do what you need to do or want yeah. to do. Yeah, I think that is that is something that's interesting. And it's, I wonder for me on my journey and getting to maybe connecting those two is coming to the realization that despite great intentions on my part, (laughs) that I am the villain in somebody's story. Mm -hmm. And in recognizing that as long as I am not the villain that is purposefully trying to harm somebody. Mm-hmm. As long as I, I perhaps as I'm an obstacle because I'm I'm putting up my own personal boundaries mm-hmm. around this for self-protection and preservation mechanisms, mm-hmm. recognizing what that needs to mean in my proximity to said person. Mm-hmm. Um, and then knowing that hopefully they will inform that particular experience around something mm-hmm. around something good if it's something that i am the villain because it's story building and i feel mm-hmm. in this particular situation the need to like help that along and see the different perspective great but yeah. otherwise like it, it kind of maybe was done in that work of not caring what other people think and I mm-hmm. and I it maybe some of that serendipity and and grace kind of came out of that work where it's not hmm. like I'm out here trying to create serendipity. Yeah, yeah, yeah I think yeah, that's yeah. the other thing. It's not like we're out here like, oh, you know, I, I, who I wonder who am I gonna meet and like, oh, and then if I do this, then maybe maybe then this person will show up. Like it's not it it is mm. there's not that kind of energy. It's like, what do I want to do? I want to think I'm gonna go for a walk. I'm going to go for a walk well, toward the lake. Well, mm, it's okay. it's listening. It's yeah. listening to what you want. It's listening to mm. what feel could feel good or what does feel good, right? Versus like, oh, wait, I need to meet this person at the lake today. I'm going to go. But honestly, sometimes I literally sometimes. met Isaac. I literally met Isaac like that. I was like, I'm going to find a husband who okay. on grinder on scruff whatever. Yes. And I I'm, I'm going to find him. So I'm going to actually create this for myself. And I think like 
it was serendipitous the way we met because Mm -hmm. I was on that journey of like, I decided to, to find a husband and I had, I had no idea. I think it was that choice, but then like I was open to seeing how I was going to do it, but I Mm. chose, I decided that I was going to, and then everything else kind of fell into place from Mm. there. And I think sometimes people are like, well, I think in the past I was like, well, like I should feel ashamed of like wanting to want to find a, husband like I should feel ashamed of that versus like no actually I want to take control of my life like this is mm-hmm. what I want so I don't know yeah. anyways that just brought that random thought up I love that I love that yeah the the model of like the lived experience and the way all of ours intersect that you're building here in this conversation feels very uh uh like it feel like it's it's it crackles with energy um in my mm-hmm. head like it's the the idea that um or like the, the the reality that you're describing, um, that's that's ser- that my words are failing me. I'm just very excited about how all this how all this fits in the idea that like all of our stories are intersecting so uh, so so specifically, but also with such freedom. Like if I turn this way, like maybe a million other stories will change around it, but it will all work. Um, and there will be something exciting to find along the way. I think it invites it invites me and hopefully maybe some listeners to just be aware of moments of serendipity too. Like, oh, if I'm driving, th- that's how we met our neighbors recently. Like we were driving through the alley and they were taking out their garbage and we were like, hey, and now we're friends now. You know what I mean? Like who knew that like, yes. I mean, when, when was another time we could meet them? We don't know, but that was a moment of serendipity. Uh, but just being aware of it to then like notice more times in our life. Uh, the or, muscle that you're saying. The muscle, like, yeah. Building yeah. That as a muscle. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. noticing, yeah. 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 I, think, I think it's really amazing. And I was mentioning earlier in terms of like the first half of, of the first three months of COVID, I was, you know, having to be like this is this is my wheelhouse the world is all now where where i'm at mm-hmm. in terms of introversion and and let's just let's let's roll you know we can roll through these punches and and mm-hmm. the conversations that i was having with with members of my network in the early days was like we've we've been through the we've been through some hard stuff we'll we'll get through this too and it was mm-hmm. it wasn't feeling that element of, of panic mm-hmm. um and then George Floyd happened mm-hmm. and there was some un- things that I had to uncover within my my own experience as mm-hmm. a black woman with mm-hmm. various privileges because of socioeconomic and class mm-hmm. and 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 how I, I was navigating navigating mm-hmm. those and still being able to bring in all of the other things in my life that I've been informed by. I've been informed mm-hmm. by a, a system of film and art that is going to be predominantly majority culture. And mm-hmm. and yet being able to then hold space again for, mm-hmm. I can see what these people look like and they don't look like me, but how I apparently was connecting with Mm -hmm. the human experience. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think for me and kind of being able to kind of look at serendipity from from that lens, it's Mm -hmm. like no one wants this horrific, horrible thing to happen and yet the serendipitousness of when it happened, 
that mm. it's a time where the entire world had nothing else to do but to focus on this. Yeah. And then to all go and do that internal work and then mm. to all be able to reevaluate your friend groups or how you've showed up to those friend groups or where you may have have they may have kind of not felt comfortable. I know for me, I never always felt I never felt comfortable always you know, this is what I'm like when I'm at home with my family and I'm, I'm in a predominantly white school or a predominantly white space. And so, mm-hmm. you know, me operating and navigating through in quotations assimilation and then me being able to then now I'm going to inform the tragedy of this particular experience mm-hmm. by then making changes in my own life. And on a personal note, I think is kind of layered in that I'm doing for it to be on a personal note, I have to do personal stuff and I have Mm -hmm. to share my personal elements and I have to do undo and tackle some of that specific trauma or, or shadow stuff to Mm -hmm. feel comfortable sharing this particular story with this other person out loud. And, and so um, I think there's, there's various impact points that it doesn't even have to be as personal as that. It can be something, you know, catastrophic that happens um, without necessarily having to be like, it happens for a reason as True. much as it's, yeah. it's, there's a reason that it happened. And mm-hmm. now this is how I'm going to do what I can to best inform that reason yeah. through mm-hmm. how I live my life or the decisions that I now make or how mm-hmm. I now show up or how I free I now can show up as a whole individual. Totally. Wow. Oh my gosh. You should, I know. Write, a, you should write a book. Okay, I'll jot that down. I feel like we need a part two. I know. Um, so I'll 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 get my calendar together and then we'll we'll think about that. If not just a visit, I would oh, love absolutely. to like yeah. Totally. Yeah. I'm, I'm like in this moment, I'm specifically deeply excited about how like all of these things, like the the the, the way that you um the way that you perceive and model and interact with your lived experience and that of others and serendipity and the and the personal, like the necessity of having to go through the personal work in order to then present mm-hmm. on a personal note. Like what I'm excited about here, among many other things in this conversation, is that there are elements of such personal import in this brand that you are creating. And I'm like, I'm super excited. Like on a personal note. Living life in lockstep with serendipity. Yes, did I quote that correctly? Yes, yes. Awesome. Like we've touched on, I didn't plan on this, um, but like we've touched on, you've touched on every element of that and it's all so significant and fits together so well. And I'm struck by how strongly um, every element that has gone into this thing that you're making is a part of how you take on the, the world, the life, like being, being alive. And, and how, you, and how you efforts effortlessly talk about it. I mean, it was just kind of infused in the conversation. Uh, congratulations, honestly, on, on, on setting your sights on something so true, if I can say it that way, mm. if that's Thank not too you. bold, mm. like, it's super cool. It's beautiful. Thank um, you. Absolutely. Thank you for sharing. We're, we're wrapping up here. And so we've got two closing questions. And the okay. first one is, um, what does an empowered Antonia look like and feel like? Mm me right now having this awesome. conversation with you all. fantastic yes mm, amazing um 
And finally, what do you know for sure? I know that the universe is a set of various systems, starting with how expansive and how it also expands to galaxies, to stars, to planets, to humans, to other mammals and insects and birds, to the way that our our systems of respiratory and circulatory. And so if I'm ever at a loss, that I can always at least understand that there are those types of systems in place and I can feel somewhat grounded in a moment of when I'm adrift. So I do know Mm. that for sure. I do know that the sun is going to rise. Mm. Wow. You are, I'm so happy. (laughs) You are talking Isaac's language. He loves systems. And by way of Isaac, I love systems now because it's really powerful and, um, and you're powerful. And thank you so much for your time, uh, for your heart, for your mind, for all the science knowledge that you're just dropping. I freaking (laughs) love it. I love Love it. it. Um, Antonia, thank you so much. Over and out. Okay, bye. (laughs) Y'all, the whole point of everything is to open up ourselves in all the fullness that we're made for. And then to create, create, create with everything that is real and true and bright. That's the work of a life. That's what we're working on. And you're here because you feel that for yourself, too. And we believe in you completely. And hey, if you want to take a deeper dive, then head over to Apple Podcasts and sign up for a subscription, giving you access to exclusive bonus content. We've recorded a companion episode where we digest the themes of this week's conversation and swap art recommendations, sharing what's giving us life at the moment. It's a lot of fun. We've also put together a free downloadable you'll find at empoweredhumanacademy.com with a table question, journal prompt, and action step to bring the energy of today's episode home to your own life. And if you're resonating with the exploration that we're doing here, If these interviews have meant something to you, then we'd love for you to leave a review on Apple Podcasts. It really helps us spread the word and get these episodes out to more people. Thank you for being here, for choosing to spend some time with us. Now, get out there and do something that feels exactly like you, and we'll do the same. And for us, that includes bringing you the next conversation. Until then, stay close to your heart, to your breath, and to your power. Have an amazing, amazing day.